Okay, so Luke, today's topic, what makes someone cool? When you were a kid, little Lukey Martin, who did you think was the coolest person you could think of? I'm talking like a, maybe a teenage Luke or an early, maybe even a tween Luke. A tween Luke. That's a, yeah. that's well, who a was frightening a cool, thought. Who was a cool dude for you at that point? Who was a cool dude when I was a tween? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um, a cool dude when I was a tween, probably Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> yeah, preppy. <laughs> preppy. <laughs> I was always more of a... It was the other guy, the Mario Slater. Lopez character. Slater. Slater. How did yeah. he have so many muscles? Probably because he was 38 at the time. It's probably no. why. <laughs> <laughs> See, and this is embarrassing. My ideal cool guy, Luke Perry from 90210. That guy was cool. He was really cool. He's genuinely yeah. cool. And a genuine honey as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, let's just uh, move on with the show. This week, what makes someone cool? Right, Don, before we get into this topic today, just a little quick shout out to the hundreds of people that sent me text messages after the UFO episode. Hundreds mm-hmm. of people saying, you're not alone. I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> Did you get similar kind of messages? No, I didn't hear a thing. As per usual, didn't hear a thing. I didn't have, I have no solid evidence, not only of UFOs, but that anyone's actually listened to the UFO episode. <laughs> I, I want to believe, I want to believe that someone listened to the episode. That's what I- <laughs> At this stage, there is the most evidence for UFOs exist. Second most, that yeah. God exists. Third most, <laughs> that people listen to the episode. <laughs> yeah. I reckon it's a conspiracy theory that there's anyone listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Don. Before we get into the what makes someone cool topic, big, big happenings this week. I'm, I'm launching a what's that about special investigation. Tell me more. Okay. I was at the supermarket during the week. Trying to buy uh, uh, an innocent and humble can of beetroot. Mm-hmm. Now, the I... The big size or the little size? I was, I was happy for any size. Because oh. I have a theory mm. that people only ever use a little size. No one's using a whole can of beetroot. No, it's what a are giant. They, what, are they, what are they having for dinner? Yeah, <laughs> those giant tins are reserved for people running burger franchises. That's the only always, people yeah. do that. <laughs> I'll buy a big tin. I'll put the rest in the fridge. Stays there for two weeks and I chuck it in the bin. That's basically <laughs> it's the, the standard it's routine. The, it's I'm the life. I, I, I genuinely think I'm going to use it again. Never do. Never. Chuck it in the bin two weeks yeah. later. It is the life cycle of the beetroot tin. That's yeah. true. <laughs> but I have a thing where I hate using my can opener because I've got one of these old 1920s style can openers and it it literally it takes me 25 minutes to open a can with the can opener. If the ones where you're physically twisting the yes. Yeah. Physically, my wrist is hurting. The thing's breaking. Then you know, it's it's a nightmare. So I only look for cans that have the ring pull system. So beetroot. I looked every brand of beetroot, every size of can, and there is no beetroot you can buy with a ring pull lid. Mm-hmm. This is an outrage. Mm-hmm. Every and other did- fruit and vegetable in a can has a ring pull, except for beetroot. So, did you look at the other fruit and vegetables and notice ring pull on everything except for beetroot? Uh, I, I was in the aisle for a good 45 minutes going, <laughs> every every fruit and veg in a can has a ring pull except for beetroot. Ah, that's interesting. I at wonder least why a that ring is. pull option. A ring yeah. pull option. Went online. Apparently, it's a thing. Like, people talk about 
you know, why doesn't beetroot have a ring pull? So, I think we need to start a, a, a special investigation here, Don. I now, who did you email? Who did you email? Well, I, I just thought, let's go to the let's go to the manufacturer. So I emailed Golden Circle. Good. And let me just see if I can bring up my message. Let me just see what I, I said. Just in, just a, 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 f- a very friendly message saying, "Hello, I really enjoy a tin of your beetroot slices." I actually don't. I hate, I hate beetroot. <laughs> yeah. um, but it recently dawned on me they don't come with a ring pull lid. In fact, this seems true for all brands of beetroot slices, not just Golden Circle. Would love to know what the reason for this is. I don't love using the old can opener. Thanks for any info. Very polite. Very well-mannered. No reply from Golden Circle as yet. And how long has it been? That has been 48 hours. Because, now you did give me a heads up that this was going to be on the cards. So I mm-hmm. thought, right, I'm going to message someone as well. So I emailed SPC, which is a very <laughs> large, well-known canned goods brand in Australia. They pretty much do everything. Hmm. So I emailed them. I said, hi, SPC. <laughs> Just wondering why nearly all canned goods now have a ring pull except for beetroot. What's that about? Oh, See there? on Thanks brand. There. Perfect. Yeah, it's good. Anyway, I thought that was pretty good. They yeah. replied very quickly. They're getting about as many emails as we are because <laughs> uh, they were very quick on the reply. They said, dear Donovan, and essentially they said, thanks for taking the time to contact us here at SPC. We don't even manufacture beetroot products. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe try the contact information on the actual beetroot can is what they said. <laughs> I've just been owned. Uh, that was <laughs> Natalie from SVC. She's just, <laughs> she has got you an absolute beauty. <laughs> so then I just said, should you guys ever wish to enter the lucrative beetroot market, I strongly recommend you consider ring pulls on the cans. <laughs> kind regards, Don. <laughs> did you get a reply to that? I did. <laughs> what did she say? She just said, I'll pass that on to the team. So, <laughs> so basically... <laughs> um, I think I made a difference. I think I have made a solid difference in the uh, the can market. <laughs> that is the best. <laughs> you've yet again you've done your research so th- so thoroughly there. <laughs> I've worked a few different jobs in in a long time ago where I had to kind of be in charge of the the general inbox. And the number of times people would write emails with suggestions or feedback and I would use the phrase, oh, thank you very much. That's a great idea. I'll pass it on to the team. But yep. I never pass it on to the team. There I guarantee no you, Natalie, Natalie's not passing that on to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just thinking, she must think I'm um, just some old dude with nothing better to do. And she's right. <laughs> and she's, <laughs> she's absolutely right. <laughs> that is excellent. So, yeah. It, so the the mystery uh, the mystery is unsolved at this stage, but no doubt I'll be bringing it up in future weeks to get to the bottom yeah. of this. I'm gonna actually go to the supermarket and find out who actually sells beetroot. That's probably what I should have done first, <laughs> and I'll email someone other than Golden Circle, and okay. hopefully, hopefully they'll get back to me. Now let's move on to the topic of of today. What makes someone cool? Is there two people in the world less qualified to tackle this topic than me and you? That's the question Wouldn't I have. have thought so. No. So, now when you're at school, what group would you put yourself in? Like, did you consider yourself cool at school? Were you in like, I know you weren't sporty. Well, steady you on. Steady. You weren't trendy. You weren't, uh, you didn't do drugs. You weren't in the druggos. Uh, if, if you, 
This could be this could be uh, a false memory, but if you had to put the groups into the social hierarchy, yeah, I would have put myself in the second bottom group, <laughs> not not the nerd group, but yeah. the second bottom group that. There was some overlap with the nerds, but there was also some overlap with the third bottom group. <laughs> See, I think I'm exactly the same as that. I was definitely, I was definitely not cool, but I wasn't like I don't think anyone disliked me. I didn't get bullied. I was generally liked. Definitely wasn't cool. I think we have both. Uh, you know, there's the whole thing around. You know, cats are cool, but dogs are friendly. I think in, in both in separate instances, you were once referred to as a golden retriever, I was. and I was separately referred to as a Labrador. Which effectively yeah, we are <laughs> we are not cool. We are friendly. You're a bit hairier than I am, which is actually yeah. true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the other thing I remember from school is you remember primary school mainly. What was the the quality that made a primary school teacher cool or not cool? Sunglasses. Yeah, that's all it took. That is all it took. <laughs> and our brother Nick, who is a primary school teacher, he says all you have to do is put sunglasses on, and you're the coolest guy in the world. <laughs> it does not take much at all. The I remember you had a a teacher who at the time was the cool teacher. Yeah, looking Mr. Back, Cullen. Mr. Cullen. Shout out <laughs> yeah. to Mr. Cullen. <laughs> we were all lined up back in the day. We used to line up and we'll sit down in his big group, and all the teachers were there, and they'd call your name out. And then to tell you who you were with, and all of us were like, "I really want to be with that guy with the glasses," and, um, and I was, you, and he was not cool. He was not, <laughs> he was not a cool man. <laughs> looking back on it, he was just a grumpy, aloof guy that didn't want the sun in his eyes. That's all he was. <laughs> <laughs> he sure didn't. <laughs> Being cool. Let's 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 hit us with the Don's definition. Well, basically, this is actually a pretty hard thing to define because my usual technique of just saying define cool <laughs> brought a lot of temperature things, a lot oh, of sort yeah. of... Your was, sophisticated like, search strategy has come undone. Oh, I tell you, <laughs> <laughs> I've spent all day on the definition alone because I'm just trying to wade through. There's like the cool, the word cool is has about 50 different meanings. But basically what I came down with is a cool person is someone whose attitude and behaviours are composed but seen as uniquely their own. And a clinical psychologist, Dr. Julie Gurner, said that people are generally drawn to cool people because they seem as a representation of who they wish to be confident in who they are. Oh. That's cool. Very interesting. Yeah. Thanks, Julie. The Because um, if you go back to kind of first, first principles, and this is, <laughs> that's a quick side note, you know, a way... To, I'm not sure if this makes you sound clever in a meeting or makes you just sound like a wanker in a meeting. Mm. But if it is a discussion that's getting going around in circles, if you're the person that comes in and says, well, let's just return to first principles for a moment. That is either the greatest move or the worst move, and I, I can't decide which it is. What does that even mean, first principles? Well, you, you got to go... Just returning back to the... Let's go back to the basics topic. here. What is the basics knowledge on which this conversation is building? What's the, what's the definitions we're using here? What's the... You know, so with to be cool means to remain calm even under stress. Is like... Yeah. That's what And I think that's cool a big means. factor. That's a big factor in coolness because anyone that's going to be too stressed, too worked up, they're not cool. Like... Like you were five minutes before this podcast started and your equipment wasn't working. You were flustered. You were flailing. You were uh, very hot under the collar. You were not cool at all. I handled the shit out of that. And um, 
I disagree completely. I was very calm. My heart rate went low. It went lower than it usually is. It's like I'm Neil Armstrong. <laughs> it's interesting looking at the... the uh, you remember that was that... We told that story for ages about how there were like the astronauts in the original kind of Apollo mission to the moon and they all had their heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> and we we're like, Neil Armstrong's actually got lower as the rocket was launching. Yeah. And we, we told that story for years. Yeah. And in the end, nah, it wasn't Neil Armstrong. It was Buzz Aldrin was the one with the, uh, the steely nerves. <laughs> He's not a, as cool as Neil Armstrong. And I think Neil Armstrong was considered cool because he was just very calm and just was, he was very aloof, wasn't he? To the media anyway. Yeah. Very, quite reserved, quite aloof. Um, but Buzz was like, look at me, look at me. Yeah, he was a Labrador or a Golden Retriever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He was a good boy, though. <laughs> he was a good boy. <laughs> Such a good Let's boy. Let's give him a treat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. a good boy. If you go back in history in terms of the origins of coolness, did you look into that? No. Um, so, you know, most, um, there's kind of a different waves of coolness. It's like the first wave of coolness was in ancient Greece, and it was when like stoic philosophy was really big and that idea that you need to, you know, control the things you can control and be indifferent to the things you can't control. That was kind of like the the early stages of coolness was like first wave cool. Mm. Then they speak about second wave cool was actually during um, slavery in America in the 1600s and 1700s where, where African-Americans had to mask their true emotions because if they, if they were aggressive or acted out, they would be treated really badly by, you know, the people that own them. And so this cool poise was actually developed in that situation. So you kind oh, of... that's very interesting. Yeah, it was so almost... So I was just trying to mask... And I think that's kind of somewhat true. Most people are probably feeling the same emotions as everyone else. But for some reason, some people, they hide it. And, and that's considered cool. They're probably just emotionally disturbed and not willing to uh, <laughs> be able to express themselves. <laughs> well, yeah, there's like an emotional detachment where it's like, you're not getting to me and yeah. I'm confident within myself in this difficult situation is, is like the hallmarks of coolness. And then there was like in the 60s and 70s, there was these, you know, the hippies and um, a whole bunch of kind of punk rock and these little minority coolness waves. But then apparently just in recent times, modern cool is not about a minority kind of saying stuff you. It's not about rebelliousness like the James Dean call. It's it's become much more of a mainstream thing around perceptions of an individual's personal qualities and how socially desirable they are. So like coolness has evolved over time. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just playing it cool, man. <laughs> you are very aloof tonight. Ah, no big deal, man. Anyway. <laughs> What are some of the interesting things you learned about coolness? For such a cool topic, there's not a lot of good information out there. So I found out there was two, there's actually a study by an Australian guy, which is beautifully named Dr. Dan Nimrod. Did you read about that guy? Yep, yep. I wonder why Dr. Nimrod's uh, <laughs> researching cool. He, he would have coughed at a school. Dr. Nimrod. He's just, he was doing a bit of personal research and then tried to flip a bit of coin on it. Anyway, he came out and said basically, there's two types of coolness. You've got the first type, which is cachet coolness. It's basically the socially desirable traits of being friendly, agreeable, and competent. And then you've got this contrarian coolness, which is a tendency to be detached, rebellious, and a bit rough around the edges, is what he says. Right. There's kind of the uh, the, the Labrador cool and the cat cool, possibly. Yeah, so cachet coolness. Friendly. Tick, I'm pretty friendly. 
Agreeable? Do you think I'm agreeable? You disagree with me every minute on this podcast. Oh, I just I just gave you a nice little uh, alley oop for you to be agreeable yourself, but you uh, didn't agree. You didn't agree. <laughs> <laughs> are you agreeable? Yes, yes, you are, Don. That's what you should have said. And competent. So two out of three, not bad. Two out of three, not bad. <laughs> yeah. the, I read the, the, that Nimrod guy. The, like one of the backstories was him and another researcher were having an argument about whether Steve Bashimi was cool or not. Yeah. And I think one of them thought he was the epitome of cool and the other one thought he was not cool at all. And so they said, let's empirically investigate what makes someone cool. And that's how they did this series of, of, of studies to get to the bottom of what are the qualities of coolness. And what do you think about Steve Bashimi? Cool or not cool? I think he's cool. Me too. I think he's really cool. Yeah. Super cool. And I actually looked into it. Dr. Nimrod was the guy who thought he wasn't cool. So, surprise, surprise, Nimmy. <laughs> Nimmy. He is... <laughs> You're not cool, buddy. <laughs> I must say, though, that when you looked at... They kind of... Those, those factors you spoke about, that what was what was common to people who others think are cool, Those the factors I saw them report on were good-looking was one That's factor. a big factor. Big that factor. comes up all the time. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like to be cool, you pretty much have to be good looking, which that's not the that's not the first quality you think of when you think about Steve Bashimi. No, no. offense. No <laughs> offense, Steve. He's he's very cool. He's not a classically good looking man. <laughs> not classically. Yeah. Friendly was the second factor. Being a high achiever or successful in some way. And then caring was the other factor. And that's that kind of that new wave of coolness where like the Fonz, like the Fonz is an interesting example because the Fonz was actually quite a caring guy. Did you reckon? Well, he couldn't say sorry. He would not. That's true. He could not say sorry. He couldn't say sorry. He, I guess he was trying, which is the main thing. <laughs> it does remind me of my. I reckon my favourite all time not cool person talking to cool person uh, TV show storyline is George talking to Tony on Seinfeld. Yeah, that <laughs> was good. <laughs> well, Tony, Tony was cool. Beat it, George. <laughs> Tony, I made, I made sandwiches. It That's was uh, it's so good. <laughs> Step after. Step after. I'm thinking rock climbing. All right, rock climbing. <laughs> Just the two of us. All right, all right. Hey, I'll make some sandwiches. You know, what, what, what do you like, tuna, peanut butter? What, whatever. All right, all right. I got to buy some bread. Yeah, yeah. You know, I am definitely down for some rock climbing. Yeah, me too. I am down. I am totally down. Lock me down. <laughs> cool. So, uh, what do you say we climb a rock? Manana. Uh, manana. Uh, manana might, might be a problem. I'm, I'm supposed to, uh, have a boil lanced manana. <laughs> You know, I think they charge me if I cancel with only one manana's notice. Yeah, the one thing I remember, I used to think that back in the day, all you needed to be cool was to own a leather jacket. The Fonz had a leather jacket. Lots of cool people had a leather jacket. Yeah. And then our dad said he was going to get a leather jacket. And I thought, excellent. I'm going to have a cool dad. He's going to be so good. <laughs> and then he bought the leather jacket. And it was this big puffy 80s thing. And I was like, well, that, there's that theory gone. <laughs> It was not a good leather jacket. It was terrible. It actually looked like, you know, those parachute track suits that everyone used to wear. Yeah. Like it was like the, the parachute jacket, but in leather form. Like it was so, it was so <laughs> fluffy and soft. It, was. it had like elastic on the bottom and it was this big and puffy. It had elastic on all the entrances and exits. I don't know. <laughs> like, the arms had elastic. The bottom had elastic. I'm pretty sure the neck had elastic. I'm like, that, that's not supposed to have elastic there. <laughs> He may have put his head through the armhole. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, and there was a there was another Australian researcher that he's actually quite a well known consumer psychologist called Adam Ferrier who did his masters around what makes someone cool, and his factors were uh, confidence, which um, seems pretty common, yeah. Def- defying convention, um, you know, you follow their own path even though it might make you do things differently, an understated achievement, so you can't be a, a bragger but you've got to actually be good at stuff, yeah. Caring for others comes up again. And lastly, kind of a, an energy and a social connectedness. So you've got to be a bit of a, you know, a bit of a people person. So it's, I guess, it's against that aloofness that used to be in the old style of cool, the Mister Cullen cool. One, one of the thing I read was that you want to have to do. It's having done interesting things and then not tell people about it. Ah, uh, yeah. Like you just do them. And I had someone actually say to me recently, they looked, um, you know. I'm 40, I'm getting on. They know me reasonably well. They were looking at what I'd done in my life and they said, you know what, you've done some pretty cool things in your life, but then you get to know you and you're not cool. Like, <laughs> that's basically what they said. So you should be cool, but for some reason you're not. <laughs> this doesn't <laughs> I don't know up. what's going on there. That's hilarious. <laughs> and that, uh, that last uh, that psychologist, Adam Ferrier, he actually has developed a quiz that you can take and that determines your level of coolness. And so we've done a little bit of homework before the episode. We've both taken the quiz. And <laughs> it's like a it's like a 20 item quiz where the questions are like, you know, I'm not easily influenced by others' opinions, and you've got to rate it on a one to five, you know, strongly disagree to strongly agree scale. Yeah. I've, so I chose, and I assume you did as well, I chose to do this answer these questions honestly. Yeah. Because I'm always tempted to go, I'm going to answer them as to how I think they want me to answer them so that they think I'm cool. But I didn't. I did it as honest as possible. Yeah, I did exactly the same thing. Um, always tricky around... Because you know the outcome is this is going to give me a coolness score out of 100. Mm. And so you know which way to be answering on the scale to get a higher score. See, I didn't actually know that when I did the test. I didn't. Ah, right. So... Interesting. So, if you get more than me, that's why. That's why. <laughs> um, so, we don't know each other's score. So, it is a, it's a 0 to 100 point scale. Yep. The higher, the cooler. Or at least the, I guess it's the higher, the, mm, the cooler you think you are. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, so, I guess on the classic count of three, let's uh, reveal the scores. Three, two, one, six, Oh, oh, I got it. <laughs> You little Anzac. <laughs> so I beat you by four points. Yeah, it's it actually feels pretty accurate. <laughs> it oh, that is interesting. So we're pretty similar. We're I'm saying s- that just to make you feel better, but uh, I'm being kind, further <laughs> showing my coolness. You are quickly figuring out whether 70 versus 66 is statistically significant. That's what you're <laughs> running a quick t test over there. Point oh three. That's- <laughs> No, um, that's rare. It's good. Makes me feel better. I mean, I, I got seventy. I'm like, oh, that's not going to be good. Luke's going to be at least eighty five. Should know better. Should know. <laughs> <laughs> so it puts you into ranges, and so we're in the. I think we're both in the lukewarm cool range. Oh, okay, so we're not we're not cool, but we're not no. hot. Well, yeah, yeah, I think that's probably. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm definitely not cool. Still, wasn't at school. Still not cool. That's <laughs> it. It all feels pretty accurate to me. Yeah, okay. Lukewarm, cool. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> um, did you learn anything else interesting about being cool? Um, no, I, did, I looked up. There's a lot of 
things online about how to be cool, like in mm. basically instructions. Did you look into those? I, I saw a little bit, but not too much. What did you find? Yeah, it's not great. I sort of, I'll go through it and I probably won't make it. But basically, I went to our old friend WikiHow, which uh, helped us through the faking your own death episode and giving us possibly the worst instructions on how to fake your own death possible. <laughs> so it says here, as per WikiHow, one, don't be needy. Yeah. I'm going to go through these quickly because they're not good. There's like 11 of them. Oh, Two, be yourself. That's what got me into this mess. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what gave me the life I have. Three, practice self-disclosure. Four, be friendly. Five, be a good conversationalist. And you are a good conversationalist. I remember once you went to a dinner party and you basically for seven hours spoke to some guy about red wine. Is that correct? Like... <laughs> You must have gone through all the different varieties and then you went on to the grapes and then you started talking about the qualities of wine glasses. To be honest, that is the story of my life. I end up in these situations where I'm effectively interviewing someone for seven hours about their life and they couldn't give two hoots about my life or what I've got to say. Uh, We've got use humour. That's, you know, I think we try. I don't know how successful they are. Speak up. Nine, keep your cool. Thanks very much. Uh, keep your cool is point nine on the list cool on how to be cool. Keep how to be cool. Just keep it. <laughs> don't let it get away. Don't use bad behavior to get attention and don't just think about it. Do it. I don't know. Once again, WikiHow has failed miserably. <laughs> you really running Come out on, of steam there. I did, I did read one tip on one of those kind of articles that was um, apparently people who who do who move less and have less mannerisms and less fidgeting and less kind of um, you know, activity with their body are perceived as cooler. So their tip was just be slower and stiller is the easiest way to become cooler, which... Yeah, right. That's which is weird. That's interesting. You know the... you know the, And this is a quality which I'm not sure if this is a cool person. Like the, the one of the qualities I find really difficult when you meet someone, you know when you meet someone and you're like, they have absolutely no interest in whether I like them or not. They just they just could not care less whether I like mm. them or not. Yeah. And with that comes, it just comes across as quite arrogant. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I yeah. mean, you have to play the social game a little bit. And if you don't, I don't like you. I just think it's almost disrespectful. But, but would that, that aloofness and that I'm so confident in myself, I'm not trying to win your approval... That is a fuzziness around. Is that cool or is that just you're an asshole? Yeah, I think you're an asshole in that. In that. <laughs> yeah. And in the situation, he would be an asshole as well. I was calling him an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of random other fun facts I, I saw. This is, this is a bit of a sad kind of uh, finding. Apparently, when you ask men to identify cool people, they only identify men. When you ask women, they will identify both men and women. So, right. for, for men, coolness is a masculine concept, which that just feels really pathetic. <laughs> they obviously haven't seen Pinky Tuscadero because uh, <laughs> <laughs> her and Leather and the Swades, very cool. Very cool. <laughs> ah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, that must be some ingrained social thing, right? Or just general ingrained sexism. <laughs> it's got to relate to the old, yeah, that inbuilt, um, you know, the alpha, the alpha kind of 
um, big dog stuff. The okay, quick question: yeah. Who's a cool female? Cool female, Angelina Jolie. She's not cool. Oh, mate, she's cool. Second one, mum. <laughs> <laughs> um, Angelina Jolie. Yeah, fair As enough. As if she's not cool. Yeah, maybe in 1991. <laughs> That's an old reference. Who else is cool? Hey, girl, inter- <laughs> girl Interrupted is still very good. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher's pretty cool. That's a good reference. <laughs> you, know who, you know who else is cool? <laughs> I'm trying to think of an 80s star. Cindy Lauper. She's really cool. <laughs> The other, the other sad fact I learned was, you know how when you're uh, in high school, you're having those awkward, you know, uh, late night high school conversations with your friends and you're like, maybe the fact that I know I'm not cool makes me cool. That yeah. kind of... Uh, I think that- Marge Simpson in the Simpsons episode had the same thing. <laughs> yeah. But apparently, no, the uh, experts on coolness say doesn't change anything at all. <laughs> Knowing your level of coolness does absolutely nothing to determine how other people think you're cool or not. Yeah, and it's it's, it's a very fun. subjective thing as well because what's cool for one person may just be an asshole for someone else. So it's very it's almost like tasting, you know, men or women. It's very subjective. Well, it's interesting. Well, it, yes, it is. However, all those research studies we've just quoted have saying there is something common to who what people think is cool so it's not completely subjective they are all the uh what makes someone cool facts i had did you have anything else no nothing else well if you take nothing else from this episode know that i'm exactly four points cooler than luke <laughs> that's all you need to take home I got tell a, your friends i've got a feeling i'm going to be hearing about that for quite some time <laughs> Alrighty, and um if anyone knows anything anything just putting a call out about the beetroot Tins not having ring pulls. Please get in touch. I need all the information I can get on this case. Anyway, yeah, please leave us a review. If you don't think it's complete rubbish, we'd really appreciate it. Send any episode suggestions through. What's that about at outlook.com. We'd love to get an email. Drop us a line and say hi. Want to be a pen pal? I'm your guy. <laughs> I'll do it. As long as you send it to that email address, I would appreciate it. The only thing I'm getting really are when the terms of service uh, for our podcasting website are up. I get, it says one, I get so excited and then it's just, we've updated our terms of service, which they, teen, they seem to do a lot. That is hilarious. Alrighty, on that, uh, on that slightly pathetic note, let's call it, call it a day. All right, see you guys. <laughs> Catch you later. Bye. Bye.